Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery in all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce and I'm so happy that you're here. So about a month ago, I interviewed a woman named Casey about the erotic blueprints. So the erotic blueprints are basically the love languages for our sex. And there are five, just like the five love languages. You can find that out through taking a quiz or you can go listen to the interview and see what resonates for you. Uh, Casey, the woman who I interviewed about it, is the business partner of who we're interviewing today. Kimmy. And Kimmy is a professional dominatrix. So we're going to be diving into all of that and what conscious kink is. We touched on that a bit with Casey and what we we really talked a lot about energetic orgasms as well, which was a really amazing conversation and about uh, fantasies. I will say that for me, uh, I'm still, I, I shared on that episode what some of my fantasies are. And I'm still diving into myself, like what I actually want to experience, like what's a fantasy and what do I actually want to experience with a beloved? Uh, So, you know, this is ever changing. I already feel a little bit differently than I did a month ago when I interviewed Casey, just because it's, it's coming in layers. I'm peeling off, peeling off. What do I really desire? What do I really want? And yeah, so take it as, the truth of the moment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say. We'll see what comes out today. <sighs> Our guest today is a kink expert, professional dominatrix, kink BDSM educator, published author, and somatic healer. She will teach us all about sexual care, self-care, healing, and wholeness through a unique approach that blends conscious kink, sexuality, and somatic therapeutic techniques. She will give you a chance to access the wisdom of your body for deep and lasting change, experience healing around your sexual health, intimacy, and relationships. She uses conscious kink as a way for individuals and couples to explore various sides of themselves, deal with shame or guilt, and address dysfunction or addiction. These practices bring the shadows into the light in order to move towards resolution and remind you of your magnificence. I am so excited y'all to dive into all of this today because a lot of what I just shared about how it's always changing is because I'm, I'm, I'm pulling off the layers of shame and guilt to come to my original essence, my own unique expression, my own, like the core of my desires. And so I know I'm going to get closer to that today. And I'm just so freaking excited. Please help me welcome Kimmy Inch to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi, welcome to me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I, you know, we had Casey on about a month ago and it's, I think it's like the top four, maybe top three most downloaded episode. People are really hungry for the energetic orgasms and the everything in this realm. And 
I mentioned there, and I'll say again that uh, what I experienced, I haven't been to one of y'all's like actual events, but I went to your South by Southwest talk. Mm -hmm. And I know this South by Southwest was the first ever talk around sex positivity, which was, it just makes me so happy. But when I went to your event, um, man, I was in tears multiple times. And, you know, this show is called Untamed and Unashamed. And that was like so much the energy there. So I'm just so thankful to finally have you on. Thank you so much. And good news, uh, South by Southwest personally asked me to come back. So yes. I will be coming back again next year in 2023. Yay. So I'm glad that everyone was super excited about the content and to talk about sexuality more openly and more positively. Yeah. So yeah, it was a thrill. And um, that was a really fun workshop. Yeah, I get butterflies in my heart just hearing that. Yeah. So I would love for you to tell us basically um, maybe like a little summary of what your journey was like that brought you to being a professional dominatrix. All right, buckle up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have, I've been kinky for a very long time and it wasn't until I was in my twenties, I used to be a DJ and as a professional DJ, I moved myself to Japan and in Japan being this tall, blonde American woman, um, in 2002, uh, people were very interested in me and asked me if I'd be interested in DJing at some fetish events. Mm. And I didn't really know what that even was. Like the things that I saw that displayed kink and BDSM were like dark leather hoods and very gothic-y whips and chains and, you know, things like that. And for me, I was very intimidated by these images. They definitely didn't arouse me or turn me on. So, you know, with a little hesitation, I did agree to DJ at these fetish parties. And when I got there, it was like a whole other story. I mean, it was like, you know, just people of all walks of life and they were dressed to the nines and it was a very glamorous feel and everyone was super friendly and it was really a high end and upscale and, you know, there was music and dancing. And then yes, there were these spaces where people could explore and play a little bit, but overall, like I just felt so welcomed. And I realized in that moment, like I remember having a flashback to when I was about 15 years old with my first boyfriend, the first love of my life, Mm. my first sex partner. When we first started having sex, I was pretty quickly like, is this it? Like, this is is most of us felt that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I took it upon myself to you know, say like, Hey, let's dress up and be different people or let's tie each other up. Or why don't you slap me? Or I'm going to spank you. And, um, my boyfriend was 16 and he was just like, wait, like I'm, he's just happy to be having sex at all. And he's like, why do you want to do all this weird shit? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just remember this one time I was watching a movie with my mom and this movie got like sort of violently sexual. And my mom turned to me And she was like, you shouldn't be watching this. And I just remember in that moment, it was like, (laughs) like, I had a flood of like hormones and chemicals and things like flow through my body. Like my face got hot. My, my, um, you know, genitals got tingly. Like my stomach was flip-flopping. My heart started racing. I started sweating. I had this bodily visceral reaction to this idea that I wasn't supposed to be doing something. Mm. There was like something naughty 
about watching this highly sexual and violent sort of scene happening. And I wasn't supposed to be doing it. And I got such a hit of like, you know, our body's natural chemicals from just doing that. I think it locked something into my psyche that was like, oh, like, we like things that feel have like have an intensity to them. Like mm-hmm. there's something about a naughty component of kink that is really exciting. And I think like here we are today, uh, you know, as a professional dominatrix and as someone who's an intimacy coach, I can see the little like micro impressions that I gathered as I was growing up and becoming an adult that really informed the way I viewed sex and the way I eroticized my de- my desires essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Thank you. So maybe you can tell us now that you are this professional dominatrix, Mm -hmm. what happens when a couple hires one or goes to see one? Yeah. You know, so I can't speak for all dominatrixes. Mm -hmm. I can only speak for myself and the work that I do you know, goes beyond traditional kink Mm -hmm. and traditional domination. For those that maybe don't really have a clear understanding of what a dominatrix is, I just want to let you know that essentially a dominatrix is a professional who will guide you through your fantasies. Mm -hmm. And it's their job to sort of set the container, to create a safe space for people to explore in and to lead them through a process of them making their fantasies become reality. And that was the work that I did for a good 10 years. And um, as the work that I was doing was evolving, I was more interested in exploring like the healing aspects and not just healing, but the empowering aspects Mm -hmm. of this work. So when a couple is interested in exploring their desires, maybe exploring a power dynamic, or it could be a lot of different things, they come to see me and I'm there to really like hold space for them and allow them to really express themselves. I do intake sessions that are minimum two hours long because I really want to dive deep with the couple and like learn more, not only about like, what are they interested in exploring? Of course, I want to know what their boundaries are, but I'm also a little curious about like, you know, what are some of the other things that turn you on? Like what's a little bit a background on your sexual history. Like I want to get a little bit more in depth information because I want to like curate an experience that is just going to be uh, not only mind expanding, but really heart opening as well. Yeah. So really getting to understand the couple's dynamic and their desires, if there's been any difficulties or anything that they're needing to work on, but we create, um, we create an experience together. Like it's a collaborative effort where we take all of our hell yeses and bring them together. And then, you know, we set the stage for them to have an exploration. And a lot of the time it could just be one of the partners is looking to be maybe more dominant with the other. Um, and I help facilitate that. I can make it a, a session. That's also an educational experience. So they learn while they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that hands-on training is so different than like reading a book or watching a video, you know, like mm-hmm. being in a scene 
with um, an educator who can like really answer questions as they're happening, but still keep it in this like very erotic vein. Um, It's an amazing, like really connective experience for a couple to have. And usually, yeah, usually like they are able to really see each other in a really different light. And it just opens up this like door of possibilities of what they can explore in the future. So it's almost like an ignition of passion and excitement and possibility and looking at your partner like they're brand new, no matter how long you've been with them. Yeah. Is that basically what you've just described? Is that the same thing as the conscious kink journey? Pretty much. Yeah. So the conscious kink journeys is, um, is basically an experience that I've created over the last, I'd say 10 years. I've been, uh, I've been doing this work for 20 years. Um, and over the last 10 years, I've been refining this conscious kink journey, which again includes like a really in-depth intake session. But the point of, uh, something something that's conscious in the kink world is that there's intention of why we're doing this. Mm. Hopefully the side, the the side effects are a lot of pleasure and a lot of fun. And in addition to that, there's other reasons why people want to experience a conscious kink journey. Usually the pace is at a pace that really feels good for their bodies. So they can Mm -hmm. stay in body the entire time. Sometimes their intention is to work on some things. Like I see a lot of people that want to do shadow work via these conscious kink journeys. So Mm -hmm. for them, that could be a really healing process. I have people that are just really curious and want to explore just how much pleasure their bodies can experience Mm -hmm. um, through the erotic, through sensuality and through energetics. Um, And then we also like have an opportunity to curate something where someone can really have an expansive experience, like very similar to medicine journeys. That's why it's called a conscious kink journey Mm. because it's a sacred space for people to explore in and they get a lot of the similar sort of experiences that you would get at a medicine journey. Yeah. Mm. And so that's, I feel like you just told us what conscious kink is. What are some ways to know if it's unconscious kink? Thank you. Yeah. So if conscious kink is, is participating in kinky activities and roles in a very conscious, um, intentional and embodied way, then the opposite of that would be unconscious kink. So things that could be unconscious is if someone comes to me And they're interested in me facilitating a session where I'm going to humiliate them. I'm going to degrade them. I'm going to do all these sort of things. If someone was coming to me for that sort of um, experience, uh, I'm not here to judge what people's desires are, but I want to get curious because I'm not someone that just um, is a a higher person that's going to just do whatever you say. Like, I really want to make a distinction between a person who wants to have a genuine experience of surrender and go on a journey with me and, and perhaps tap into, um, more pleasure and, and more possibility as opposed to someone who's using me to abuse themselves. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to perpetuate, um, trauma or abuse or violence. Mm. And the work that I do is there's a, there's a a value that I have in it that I want to create, you know, um, more peace and empowerment in the person that I'm working with. But I also want to, you know, create a a better impact on them and the world Mm -hmm. essentially. So while I'm not like instantly a hell no to this request, I need to dig a little bit deeper and make it more conscious of why 
Mm-hmm. I need to know my clients' why. It's like, yeah. why do you want to be humiliated? Are you aware of what it does for you? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the components of that 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 you get out of it? Like, what do you get out of it? Mm-hmm. And let's dig a little bit deeper. So conscious kink is really about di- digging deeper, um, not just keeping things on a surface level and really like understanding what's underneath it. Because ultimately, I just want my clients to be at choice. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want um, people to be unconsensually a slave to their own desires or to their own fantasies, because then you're no longer at choice. And instead of having a situation where you're at a have to, I want to get people to a get to. So if we were going to indulge in like, you know, something that could be considered a little more risque or just a little bit more um, intense, like a humiliation scene, it's for the intention of it um, you know, hopefully up leveling a person's life experience and, and giving them some understanding and context of why we have the desires we have is really empowering and gives them more choice because really our fantasies are just a reflection of our, our belief systems. And, Mm. and it's just really important to have like an, an opportunity to take a look at why certain things turn us on and like, Mm -hmm. why did certain things get us more revved up than other things? And what is it that's going on underneath the surface for that to be the case? Yeah. Mm. There's so many little threads I want to pull on, but before we move into that, uh, going back to, you know, what happens when a couple hires you, do you Mm -hmm. find that most couples that hire you, like the blockage that they're experiencing is like a lack of trust so that they're able to go deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, and if so, is that something that you're, you work through with them before then moving into the conscious kink or is there another blockage that tends to come up more? Such a good question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because, um, even for people who are like, "Eh, I'm not really into kink, you know, like that's not really my thing. And I'm like, well, the themes, the themes that you find in, in BDSM, especially the themes that you find in BDSM are power, connection, trust, um, imagination, creativity, pain, like all of these themes that you'll find in BDSM are basically themes that we have in our life. Mm-hmm. Like we all experience pain. We all experience uh, power and surrender and all of these different themes. So when a couple's interested in coming to see me, these sort of themes will come up. Like mm-hmm. there will be themes around communication and connection and depth and intimacy and trust. And whatever's happening in that play space, like I said before, it's sort of like the micro to the macro of what's happening in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So if there's um, somewhere in the couple's um, exploration where they feel like they need support, it might just be needing some support to look at the the blind spots and like trying to understand like, okay, we want to experience more. Maybe, maybe the, the man uh, wants to step more into his dominance and the woman wants to experience true feminine surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of like, just really opening, not being, um, not being under the thumb of anyone, but just being in a, being, being so safe that you just feel like you can just completely expand and be held by your partner. I mean, that sounds pretty delicious, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so what, what people run into is the disconnect there. You know, a lot of the times you'll notice that, um, there might be a problem with the attunement between the two of them. And attunement means the harmony, this, the synchronicity between two people. So there might be a misalignment there. So 
sometimes uh, with those that identify as masculine and, and have more masculine energy, they are very connected to what they want, but they may not be really connected and attuned to the partner. And then I notice it's different. It's the opposite for women. Like women are very connected to their partner and like what's going on with him, but maybe disconnected from what they actually really want. Mm, right. Yeah, that really so, resonates. Totally. So like if a couple's coming in, we look at these little bits and pieces because someone might come in and be like, yeah, I, I would really like my husband to just dominate me. And he's like, yeah, but I don't really know how to do that. And so we can take it at that surface level and I can give them some specific tools and techniques, like how to spank her, how to tie her up, how for her to let go a bit more. Like I can help them with that, but it's so much more potent and powerful for them to dig a little bit deeper around like, does she struggle with surrender? Like, does she actually come up against some obstacles when it's time for her to really trust and let go and open? Maybe that happened because of some trauma or some impressions that were made as she were, she was growing up into a woman that it wasn't safe to be completely surrendered and open. And then maybe him, maybe, um, you know, he's desiring to be more dominant, but maybe he has some past trauma or impressions. It doesn't have to be all trauma. Just want everyone to know that, but maybe they have some, he has some habits. Uh, past impressions that when he stepped into his power, he was shamed for it or he was told that he was bad. Mm -hmm. If we're like unable to peel that onion a bit more, they get more to the truer essence of things and that the techniques that they bring in, they are just going to enhance what's already there. But it's really about the energetics of what's happening between them between the two of them. So the more that they can become conscious about what's standing in the way of what they want, people are usually really easily able to say, I want better sex. I want more passion. I want to feel more connected to my partner. That's great. What's standing in the way? Mm -hmm. Let's look at those things. Yeah. And sometimes the language itself is in the way, like there's been times I've asked for something from a partner Mm -hmm. and it's a f- like a no from them. And yeah. then I talk to my mentor, I work it through with my mentor and she's like, well, I think what you're asking for means different things to both of you, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes it's like just a language barrier, even though you both speak English, you know, it's like uh, uh, different, yeah. even saying sex means different things to different people saying slut means different things to different people. So it's like asking for something sometimes feels frustrating, but just the simple language can be the barrier. It can be. You're so right. Thank you for sharing that, Jade. You know, like being able to have that sort of communication can be really difficult. Mm -hmm. And keeping in mind, like when we're talking about our desires, like I was telling you when I was in high school, I'm like, I want to be tied up. I want to be spanked. You know, um, what that means to me could be very different than what that means to you. So, you know, having curiosity, which can be really difficult to access, especially if we're in fear, Mm-hmm. But if we're able to get to curiosity around, like, what does that mean to you? Like, I can envision spanking you, Jade, in a lot of different ways. But like, what would feel like if you could have it your way? Like, what would you like that to look like? Would you like it to be playful and fun? Like you're a schoolgirl who's getting punished for not doing her homework? Or do you want it to be really sensual and almost spiritual where I'm moving the energy in your body? Like what feels really delicious or maybe a combination of the the two, but like really getting curious around people's desires and what that looks like before actually implementing, um, play. So sometimes I just tell couples like do, um, some communication. I give them a communication kink checklist Mm -hmm. for them to go through and they go through the list and they start talking about their desires 
and they start honing in on the things that maybe they're available to to try. But before they actually do, what if you'd laid down with your partner and you just in great detail went through what the scene could look like that would really blow your mind open, Mm. you know, and like, and then they can actually have a sense of like their own bodies Mm -hmm. as you're sharing this fantasy. And then they can tune in and say like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling fear in my chest or, Oh, my stomach just got tight when you said that maybe I need a little more information Mm -hmm. or whatever those things are, but like really kind of doing the exploration in these baby steps so that you're not like overwhelming your nervous system because we just can't have pleasure if our nervous systems are dysregulated. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So you mentioned spanking and when I interviewed, um, Casey, Mm -hmm. your business partner, uh, I talked about two fantasies that I have Mm -hmm. and one of them, I'm like, I'm still, it's like such a fantasy that I'm like, really refining it. Like, what do I actually want with it? And it also feels like part of my Dharma. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I'm, um, really just I'm, I'm d- not necessarily rushing into. I'm more just like, what's really like, you're talking about what's like, what's on, if I uncover, like what's there, yeah. but the other one that's like fucking clear as day, there's nothing to uncover is mm-hmm. the spanking and flogging. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say like, I, I've already uncovered that basically it's like, it's the, um, I know you guys bring in like a world-class flogger and then, and then I know that, uh, I watched you do the spanking at the event and it feels like in those scenarios that the, um, I guess, I don't know if it, I would call y'all dominatrix in those scenarios. Okay. So it feels like y'all are actually like channeling God and like channeling mm-hmm. spirit and providing like a spiritual experience for the person. And, I know what I witnessed there was like you moving energy and like using the chakra system as well. Yes. And for me, what I really crave, and I, I mentioned this to Casey was not, it's not like someone just being like with their flogger stick, like, okay, I'm going to flog you and like bend right. over. Like that wouldn't do nothing for me. Right. Um, but it's really like a person that is so in their body and like embodying exactly what it is that I want to experience. Mm-hmm. And using that impact to like put me even further into my body. And, um, I've heard, I interviewed Bryn on the show Mm, who shared her entire flogging, um, experience, (laughs) (laughs) which was so beautiful. And so, um, yeah, so I wanted you to just, if you could speak to that about, um, how spanking and flogging can actually be used to move energy and how you incorporate the chakra system. Cause most people I think have probably never combined the two in their mind. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, the impact play has been one of my specialties and I'm currently um, creating something called the conscious kink method, which is really taking traditional kinky activities and reframing it as a way of empowering uh, ourselves and our partners um, and using tantric uh, sort of um, teachings included in the conscious kink method. We talk about moving energy in the body. So like, I feel like one of our greatest desires in the world is for connection and to be seen and to yeah. be known and to, and to be, be celebrated for what is seen. Yes, exactly. Like not only do I accept you, but I celebrate you. Um, and I'm with you. Like I'm with you. I'm here in this moment with you, especially in this digital age where, you know, we have a 3.3 second attention span. Right. And, um, to be able to feel like someone literally has tunnel vision and not only that, but you're the light at the end of their tunnel. Mm -hmm. 
And that's all that matters, you know, and that it's a collaborative experience. Like it's not passive to be on the receiving end because you, Jade, create uh, the opportunity for inspiration as the muse, as the feminine, as the one who's receiving. You create this opportunity to inspire and to ignite. So coming together with a recognition around the energies and intention that we're bringing even before we begin the impact play scenario is so important. Like I really take time to attune to my partner, like looking into each other's eyes, eyes gazing, deep breathing, you know, doing a little bit of energy, um, on each other's bodies. And then eventually I'll lead them into a scenario where they'll receive impact play, because I can't think of anything better that gets somebody into their bodies than impact play. Like it is just like a like direct transmission into the fullness of our humanness. And I love, um, letting people know that as we work with the chakras, our heart chakra is an extension of our hands and our arms. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's very, very different when someone touches you and they're not in their heart. Mm-hmm. Someone is in their heart and they touch you. There the is touching you. Know, you. Exactly. There's nothing that can go wrong. Like even if I were to make a mistake, as long as you can feel like I'm in, in my heart, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can breathe. Um, and, and I do make mistakes. That's something I want to let people know, like in these containers, you know, people are like, Oh, I have to be sexy and perfect and cool. I'm a dumb, I'm a cool, dumb, you know, like I know everything. And it's like, no, lead, don't lead with your ego, lead with your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having my partner in this vulnerable position vulnerable position to receive impact. I want them to know that I'm leading with my heart. Mm. Follow me, follow my heart, bring your heart with you. Your heart is so welcome here. And I want to make physical contact with the body. I want to, you know, feel the energy of the body before I start, you know, creating impact, um, with my hands. I love starting with the hands on spanking because I really love having that physical contact mm-hmm. with my partner. And we work our way up really slowly. You know, if I'm giving a a bare bottom spanking or just a bottom spanking, um, that is basically the root and sacral chakra. That's the first and second Mm -hmm. chakra. And those represent uh, power, security, safety, money, um, creativity, emotions, and bringing energy and blood down beneath the belt, but bringing it down from the head to the rest of the body really helps to open your partner up. And it really activates those centers so that they can feel more of their creativity, their security, Mm -hmm. their abundance, like all of those sort of things. And I'll even be talking through with my partner so that they are visualizing and they're hearing these beautiful words being spoken to them. You know, I often say, doms are so fucking boring. They're like, oh, I'm going to spank you because you did the dishes wrong wrong. And it's so fucking boring. Like if I were to punish you, Jade, I wouldn't punish you for doing the dishes wrong. I would punish you for all the times you stood in the way of your own pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like I would punish you for all the times you didn't think you were the most incredibly beautiful creature on this planet. And if I'm punishing you for these things, it's not me that's punishing you. It's your higher self that's punishing you. Because I really want you to understand just what an incredible human and spiritual being that you are, right? So taking the reframe of punishment and turning it into something that a person can feel elevated by, 
taking something like spanking classically known as a punishment or something that you get when you're bad and reframing it as I'm going to get you more into your body and more into your aliveness and more connected to your brilliance Mm -hmm. through this spanking and really bring you more pleasure from that place. Mm -hmm. You know, these traditional concepts and completely turning them around into a way of like bringing more pleasure and ecstasy to each other. Mm. Yes, mistress. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I got a bench with your name on it. (laughs) It's no secret that shame free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being and accessible expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering Liz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials, and smart design principles. And they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelt A-E-R. It's called air. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris. So you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products. So I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code Jade today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. I was going to ask about how to prevent re-traumatization, but it feels mm-hmm. like you answered that when you said it's staying in your heart. Mm, big part that, of it. Yeah. Big part of it going slow, mm-hmm. slow, slow, slow. Um, making sure that we're staying in our bodies. Like when I'm working with my clients, I let them know um, energetically, it's okay if you come and go. Cause sometimes we do, you know, sometimes it's hard to just stay in it. And um, our defense mechanisms might kick in here and there and, and energetically, and, and, and our present might wane and uh, we might leave for a moment. Just try to come back and, and gently come back and just remember, you don't have to do anything. The only thing you have to do is feel. So giving my partners permission to just be who they are and letting them know all emotions are welcome and you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so those sort of things prevent re-trauma- re-traumatizing someone. But again, going slow, presence really helping someone become embodied every step of the way. And, and yeah, and just, just wanting to say, you know, most of our traumas have come from connection or the lack of connection. Yeah, That's usually where it comes from. So it makes sense that in relationship is where we can heal those traumas, you know, like it's, it's the relational aspect 
of our conscious kink journeys and of this work that creates the potential for having these expansive, mind-blowing experiences. Unlike medicine journeys where you need an outside substance, an outside substance to take in order to feel the medicine, a conscious kink journey is about accessing the medicine that's within. Yeah. Like I'm, um, I'm a drug pusher, but my drug is Eros. Mm. Like I tr- I'm a drug pushing Eros woman because I want people to experience their Eros energy, which is their sexual energy, which is their creative energy, which is their life force energy, et cetera, their aliveness. When people really experience the fullness of their aliveness in their bodies, it's a game changer. And because of that embodied embodied experience, you know, I found that while there's always contraction after expansion, it's very different than after doing a medicine journey. You know, it's very different. And because of the relational component of kink that you actually, for the most part, need a partner or some interaction with another in order to experience this medicine, it can be really, really healing for that reason instead of a um, communion with um, with a plant, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to say anything negative about that experience. I love medicine journeys with plants, um, but I don't think most people have really had the full experience of their own bodies yeah. and their own arrows and their own pleasure uh, yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, you know, the things that you listed on, on ways to stay away from re-traumatization, I mean, all of those things that you listed, I have experienced in sex with partners, like mm-hmm. not going slow, not being in their heart, like all of those things right. that, you know, felt at times re-traumatizing, you know, because they just like rammed it in and, you know, mm-hmm. weren't really there with me. And about the medicine, um, my erotic blueprint I am 20, 27.9% energetic, 27.9% sensual mm-hmm. and the energetic. Um, I mean, I haven't really dived into the blueprints enough to say that this is how everyone would feel as an energetic, but what I want to experience in my sex mm-hmm. is feeling like I'm on MDMA or mushrooms mm-hmm. is feeling like, yeah. like we're in a portal, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm curious, like in your, in the conscious kink journeys, um, what makes it like a plant medicine journey? Is it that, um, trying to think what, what exactly it is that makes it so similar? Is it, mm-hmm. you think the surrender? Cause with plant medicine, you have to surrender. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's surrender? Do you think it's like the chemicals that are released in the brain with the pleasure? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. I'd yeah. say yes. And yes, you know, um, it's interesting because with Eros, um, when we are given the safe environment to open up into, there is going to be an element of surrender for sure. Um, and sometimes people can't necessarily get to that full surrender in the very first session. So I, I want to like taper expectations. Sometimes it takes more than one time mm-hmm. um, because trust needs to be built and our bodies need to catch up. So when a person is able to really surrender and allow um, an experience to take place and allow for connection to happen, um, you know, there's all sorts of chemicals being released, released into the brain. There's adrenaline, there's oxytocin, there's serotonin, mm-hmm. um, you know, dopamine, all of these sort of things are happening at the same time. And um, on an energetic and spiritual level, very similar to plant medicine, you're noticing that there's a pattern interruption happening. Mm-hmm. There's a way of shifting 
consciousness and a way of shifting perspective around things. There's a way of feeling a oneness within yourself and all that is around you. Because when you're really in a euphoric state through kink, like all you know is that all is well and, mm. and I have everything I need. Yeah. And it's just a continuous reminder of the true essence of who we are. Mm-hmm. So like you reach these states um, through kink um, mm-hmm. in a way that can be more embodied and taken with you. Because again, like you're, you're not being influenced by anything except the energy in the room and, and what's happening within yourself. So people are releasing, you know, emotionally, so they can open up similar to medicine, medicine journeys. They're mm-hmm. um, shifting perception. They're feeling a oneness with themselves and God or whatever they believe to be the higher power. Mm-hmm. They feel completely in flow with um, everything in, in the universe. Um, I know for some that are experiencing this as a dom, as the leader, because the leaders can experience the same level of euphoria as well. Um, I know for me, there's like a hyper focus where I feel like I'm in this creative space and like everything is just falling perfectly into place, you know, like Mm -hmm. as if you were creating a work of art, Mm -hmm. you're like that flow state and like there is nothing you have track. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, you feel like you feel like the true essence of magic. Yeah. And it's all like, it's so fucking cool. Cause it's all like within us, like it's yeah. all from within and you're like, wow, if I can do this here, where else can I do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to take anything to get here. So does that mean that I could actually have essences of this in my work life in other relationships in other areas of my life where I'm feeling lack or stuck? Is it possible? And I believe it is when you have that clean um, embodied experience, a visceral experience of something, it's hard to unsee what you see, right? You mentioned Jade, like, I want to experience God. Like I want to be fucked open to the universe. Like when you have experiences of that level of pleasure, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's always going to be yeah. within you. Yeah. It's a, it's a rewiring. And I've, I love plant medicine too. I've probably done about 30 or 40 ayahuasca ceremonies, you know, 10 to 20 huachuma and mushroom. And, um, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, a close girlfriend and I were working with energy, um, and, golly, just the collective of us, we were completely sober, but just that, like that collective energy, I felt like I was on plant medicine. Yes. It was so strong yes. that I was like, man, I kind of want to take a break from actual plant medicine mm-hmm. to wire in my system that I can create this on my own, mm-hmm. that I can experience this just within this one hour embodiment movement, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I know I've always known that that was there, but this, what I experienced that day was like, I really felt like I had taken mushrooms for seven, eight hours, you know? So, uh-huh. so yeah, I've had that, that new desire. And then also, mm-hmm. um, you talked about how, you know, we get flooded with these chemicals and we, um, you know, get this taste of different things. And I mentioned to you earlier that I'm going through an uncoupling and Mm -hmm. man, the grief was so fucking heavy Mm -hmm. and all of the, like, what if it was me and like all these stories, but geez, my pleasure practice is what saved me. Like having a pleasure practice every day that Mm -hmm. would like in my pleasure practice was where I would actually hear the truth. It's where Mm -hmm. I would actually hear from my guides of you're covered, choose yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, remember what you're here for, like whatever it was that I was meant to hear that day to carry me through. 
but without that pleasure practice, God, I don't know if I <laughs> like, it's just so powerful what it does for our brain, but also the, like how clear our channel gets, you know, oh, um, that is amazing. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like we've talked about how wonderful all of this is. So I'm curious, <laughs> why do you feel it's so damn stigmatized? Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, um, whew, I want to say like, don't you find it curious that one of the most pleasurable, miraculous things that us as humans have access to is so regimented and stigmatized and limited? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and what would happen if we actually believed that pleasure was our birthright? Yeah. And not only is it our birthright, but we don't need anything in order to access it. We're the source of it. Yeah. No doubt. That's a pretty fucking dangerous human being to some people, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Right. Um, so I believe that, you know, the powers that be, so to speak, like there is a, 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 a way that we've been conditioned and programmed through culture, through religion to believe that there's sin or there is um, negativity attached to our sexuality to the core of who we are. And it's is such a perfect way of controlling the masses. I mean, women have been controlled for so long, but men as well, you know, through porn. And I like porn when it's done consciously, um, not, not the porn itself, but when you're um, engaging with it um, consciously, I'm all for that. But most of the time, most of us aren't and most men aren't. So looking at these like little things about how we're being controlled through our sexuality, it's really real. Um, and there's this famous quote, and I've, I've told people this before. The quote is um, by a famous director named John Waters. And he says, I'm so glad I was born Catholic because now sex will always be dirty. <laughs> and what he's saying is something that I think is such a great example of how powerful we can be. Like we can actually say, okay, there's things um, in sexuality or sex itself feels really taboo. And I get a lot of shame sometimes feeling from it, but I've also noticed that it creates electricity in me. So I'm not only going to acknowledge that it probably comes from my programming that I feel this way. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to embrace the taboo feelings. I'm going to embrace the shame and transcend it and transmute it into pleasure that's what he's saying. Like, I'm glad I was born Catholic because now it's always going to be dirty and dirty is thrilling to him. Like, that's exciting. Like, Ooh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. And, and anything opposite of that is probably kind of boring. So he's like celebrating his programming and his conditioning because he's not going to let it hold him back from his pleasure. Yeah. And if we can like reframe our shame and our conditioning and our programming as like, Hey, we didn't have a choice then, but we have a choice in how we want to engage in it now. And now I'm going to say like, yeah, this is, this was given to me. This is actually not truly my own essence. Like it, someone told me some dead old white guy probably told me this or told my mother or told her mother something. And it got carried down to me. It never actually belonged to me, but since it's here, I'm going to use it. Yeah. And the more something's been stolen from us, like the greater the reclamation is what I'm mm -hmm. hearing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was raised in a very religious upbringing where mm -hmm. I was basically told I was demonic a lot just because wow. I had questions because I questioned things and, um, had my sexuality not been so suppressed, 
I wouldn't be having this talk with you right now. And like, you know, wanting to do all of these things that I, you know, I want to experience. So it's actually, like you said, it is really quite beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, it can be right. Like how powerful are we like as alchemists, our sensual alchemists that we can be to take something like pain and bring it into pleasure, Mm -hmm. something like shame and bring it into a power, like how powerful we can be when consciousness is available and that we're like connected to ourselves, like anything Mm -hmm. is possible, like anything Mm -hmm. is. And since we can't eradicate shame from the planet, like I wish we could, but we can't. (laughs) So how do we transcend it and how do we integrate it? And how do we let the shame work for us? Sometimes it just needs to have a voice. Um, And I I see a lot of people with shame who want to explore kink um, and their sexuality a lot. So it's like, let's give the shame, let's not let shame run the show, but let's let it have its voice say, okay, thank you for speaking. Now I'm going to use this and, and have the most amazing erotic life and life life of my dreams. Yeah. And I'm curious because we've talked about how, how, um, in parts of this episode, we've mentioned how this is a relational journey and we've talked about the shame. What do you have for people that have tried to explain this to their partners and, and, and instead were shamed by their partners. I know for me, um, I've been shamed by like every single partner, whether it was just because I wanted to use a sex toy. And I know that was coming from their shame of feeling like, well, I'm not enough. She needs a sex toy. Um, the flogging, it's like, you know, I've been told by multiple people like Jesus was flogged. How could you like <laughs> die or something like that? You know, like, of course, you know, Christian, um, it came from a Christian narrative, mm-hmm. people in that belief system, but you mentioned belief systems earlier and how that can be where our fantasies come from. But it, it feels like, um, I, I at least have not experienced being able to bring desires and, and, uh, have a conversation that's shame free. And, and so I take responsibility there too, because I want to learn how to communicate it in a way that can be understood better. Mm, beautiful. I love that you can maybe see how there's some way of um, like, what's the part that I'm playing in the reality that I'm living, of course. And cause I called and, it in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, this keeps showing up to be worked on, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Look at you. You're so smart. You spiritual <laughs> <you>. um, <laughs> It's interesting. Yeah. Like um, what you're calling in, like, like I mentioned earlier, I have something called the kink checklist and it's a list of possibilities it's a list of possibilities of what people could explore in erotic space. It's everything from threesomes or more sums to impact play to sensual massage. I mean, like you name it, there's a lot of different things there. And I remember someone was asking me like, if I started dating someone, when would I suggest bringing out the conscious kink checklist, you know? And I was like, Oh, well girl, I do it before I even have sex with someone. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Hey, we've been getting to know each other. I'm really interested in you. I would love to have a, a sexy conversation. And I like to read the energy there. Cause if, if this uh, date man or woman is unable to have a conversation about these things, we're probably not in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I want to know that sooner mm-hmm. than later. I used to uh, say that I all the first date questions you needed was the poem, the invitation. I feel oh. like, I feel like this is all the second date questions you need. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Exactly. Like, are you mature enough and, um, you know, able to have this like open conversation about desires and, and, and pleasure and all of these sort of things? Are you able to have these conversations with me? Um, now if you're already in a relationship and you're experiencing some difficulty in getting your needs met, because there's a, there's issues around the communication. Like I'll just say like fear is a motherfucker. Yeah. And, um, most of the time, nine times out of 10, if someone is shutting you down, it's usually because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. usually afraid because they don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. And, and while that doesn't mean you have to tolerate or stay in that relationship, maybe it can give you a little compassion and a shift in your energy that will help them maybe feel less defensive and help them open to the conversation a bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know everybody's uh, backstory, but I do know a lot of us have dealt with some sort of trauma or a really, um, you know, big impression that really left, left a negative belief or a long lasting impression that was really negative for us. So like knowing that we're all products of our environment, like wanting to like meet you in the middle here, like if I want to have a conversation about something, like, can we just talk about something? doesn't mean that from talking about it, there's an expectation or a demand. A lot of the time I tell, especially women, like, make sure that when you're communicating that it's, it's a communication that's open with curiosity and it's a request and not that there's a demand energy behind it Mm -hmm. because people pick up on these little nuances of demands. Like I have a lot of men that are like, how do I get my wife to be kinky with me? And I'm like, first of all, we need to change that mind frame. Cause if you're trying to get your partner to do anything, that is not going to be the energy that they're going to feel most safe and that they want to open up into. Cause trying to get someone to do something has an energy of like, how do, how do I figure them out and like make them see it might like, it's not the same way as like, here I am with my open heart sharing vulnerably with you. How does that make you feel? And what does uh, come up for you around these conversations? Because ultimately I want to experience everything that life has to offer with you. And, um, I would love to be able to be in a, in a relationship where there's open and honest communication. And if that's something that mm. you want to share with me, like, let's do this together and let's figure it out. I'm okay to do messy with you as long as we're committed to evolution. Like let's do the messy, but we have to have a commitment to the evolution as well. Mm -hmm. Committed to um, evolving with me. I don't know. That's a tough decision for people, but sometimes, um, yeah, you have to make the decision that is really best for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can see how my own trauma has, uh, especially the religious trauma of shaming has come into play here because I haven't had a single partner where if I've brought up wanting to go to one of your play parties that they would have been like, that's a non-negotiable. You Mm -hmm. go there, we're done. Or Mm -hmm. like, I'm obviously I would want to go with them, but like, I'm not doing it. So you're not doing it. If you, if you're doing that, we're done, you know? And for me, um, because it would be, um, discussed in a way that felt very shaming my religious trauma would come up and be like, you are not going to shame me. This is my desire. And I kind of can see how I would go into that loop of what you spoke of before of like, um, it's not like a, um, soft conversation. It's like a, you're not going to shame me. You're not going to control me. Like I, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to not have this type thing. Like, and I can see how that was like my protection from, uh, my past of not allowing that to happen again. 
Yeah. You're human. You're human. It's hard. Um, it's hard when someone's coming at you with anger or fear or righteousness or whatever those things are, Mm -hmm. because, because usually they need more love than ever in those places, but it's so like you get activated, right. And like you go into your reptilian brain of defense Mm -hmm. and, and that's so normal. Um, you know, in those situations, when I was talking earlier about like, we cannot be in our pleasure with a dysregulated nervous system. So what needs to happen first is attending to the activation and like figuring out how do we get back to being regulated? I I mentioned an event that I would like to attend and I'm noticing, you know, an energy that feels like, you know, maybe there's an, you're upset or you're like, it's shut down. There doesn't feel like as open, like, what do we need to do to come back to homeostasis so we can have this conversation, um, and stay connected? Like, how do we play the connection game and not the disconnection game? Yeah. You know, like, and I think about things like a game sometimes, cause sometimes gamifying things helps of like, am I playing oh the connection game right now? Like yeah. is, is, is what I'm saying, playing the connection game or the disconnection game mm-hmm. and, and making sure that I'm attending to my activation so that, you know, I can be in my fullness, um, and not resort to the defense mechanisms or the need to protect because there's nothing to protect from. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, when it's happening in the moment, that's really difficult to access. So it takes practice and it takes a lot of compassion for yourself as you continue to navigate those waters. And all I have to say, Jade, is if that person is um, out of the picture now, then I can't wait to have you at one of my events. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of my first thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my first thoughts is like, well, I can go. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh I know you guys sold out and um you know through this process I'm also needing to buy a home so now mm-hmm. like right now all of my focus is on that but well, yeah just to let you know and your audience know we did sell out in record time it was really cool and because we had such high demand um for this event, we actually um, will be doing a second date in February. Yeah. So we're doing the weekend before uh, Valentine's Day and the weekend after Valentine's Day. Amazing. So if anyone watching this is interested um, and it's before Valentine's Day, check out check out the event and see if you can make it. Yeah. Okay. I we'll have more. In. We'll have more too. All of the clients and all of the like fruitfulness in my business because yes, I that's a holy hell yes for me. Yes, good. I'm so glad. So I'm curious for the people who are listening though, and they're like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel drawn to any of this. Like none of this is striking any desires for me. Am I shut down? Like what's going on? Uh, What do you, what do you have for them? Yeah. You know, um, I was funny. I was sitting next to a woman on, on an airplane ride and she was we were talking about what we do and she was like, Oh, I'm just so boring. I don't like any of that stuff. I'm boring. I'm just, just like, ah, let's do it once a week and in bed in the dark and I'm fine. And, um, you know, I get curious about that just because it's okay. First of all, it's all okay. And, and that's, that's fine. And also, um, I get curious around their connection to their aliveness and their creativity Mm -hmm. and, uh, the second chakra, which is our genitals, that is a power center for creativity. So sometimes I've even told creative people in tech, in the arts, in in and when I say creativity, I don't necessarily just mean um, being able to write a book or create a song. Like being creative in your life is the sure key way of getting the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Like if anyone's like, "How do I get the life that I want?" I'm like, creativity. Period. 
And guess what? Creativity is linked to our genitals. Yes. And um, if we're able to have a healthy alignment with our sexuality, then it does ripple out into all aspects of our lives. Mm -hmm. So if you think about, um, you know, your sex life or your erotic life, everything is a reflection, right? Like your work life is a reflection of you. Your sex life is a reflection of you. Everything is a reflection of you. If there's any part of it that feels boring or feels like it's not the most fucking miraculous, amazing, life-fulfilling part of your, your world, then I would be curious about like, you know, is, is mediocrity like enough for you? And if you don't want to venture out there because it can be scary, um, that's okay. But the part of the um, getting uncomfortable is where the growth is Mm -hmm. and where the magic is. So if there's any sneaking suspicions that you're having, that there is more, or that I wonder, like, I wonder if there's more than I've been taught. I'm wondering if there's more than I've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to let you know there is, and it doesn't have to be kink. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be uh, ayahuasca. It doesn't have to be any of these things. Um, expansion looks a lot of different ways for different people. Yeah. But I would love um, for more people to get curious about what they're capable of, um, you know, because that is such an amazing way to live life is yeah. through curiosity and through like empowering yourself to expand in these really unique ways so that you do affect the world in a positive way. I'm like, if you want to heal the world and save the world, start with you, mm-hmm. start with yourself because you're just a reflection of the world you see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Earlier in the year, um, I was on mushrooms and, uh, um, Saraswati came in and, you know, I, I'm writing a book and she said, she kept saying like, just keep your pussy wet. Like while you mm-hmm. write this book, just mm-hmm. keep your pussy wet and write from that place, right. For, like be in your pleasure and write from that place. And yeah. so I love, I love what you said. Cause it's, it is, it's where I've written from. It's where I've created from. And yes. yeah. So I'm curious how that connects to, to finances. Like, cause you said it's a direct reflection and I mm-hmm. feel like our ability to receive pleasure is so linked to our ability to receive abundance. You're so right. Like, you know, I'm all for sex magic. And someone said this, it wasn't me. But I was someone, doing it all morning. Whoa, see? That's Up until awesome. the time we got on. And let's just say your manifestation doesn't work out, but you're still having a lot of pleasure in the process. Nobody loses really, you know? Because yeah. so, um, <laughs> you know, you know how you are, Jade, when you're... Um, like just in your flow and you're just feeling like really sexy and powerful and beautiful and in your pleasure, like, you know, how life uh, is interacting with you in those moments Mm -hmm. and that you probably are open to more opportunity and more abundance and more possibility in those places. than if you're depressed or if you're dealing with a lot of anxiety or you're in a place where you're really shut down for whatever reason, you know, you're going to be interacting with the world very differently. So the idea of using sex magic, um, someone, uh, not me, but someone had said like, don't waste your orgasms anymore. Use those orgasms for manifestation. You know, like when you're in your um, ecstasy, you know, asking and opening uh, up to the universe in your pleasure, your most heightened state for what you want Mm -hmm. is such an amazing way of um, like tapping into that uh, element. Like a lot of people know the secret like you are your thoughts and you attract what you, your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. But upping that even more around you're more than just your thoughts, you're your feelings, you're your sensations, you're your ecstasy. Mm-hmm. So like, not just like, 
I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. Like imagine like being in a state of like giving yourself pleasure or you and your partner coming together with this, um, intention of wanting to create more abundance in your lives. Um, having that, um, ecstasy together of what you're creating through sex, through the second chakra, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that message goes out to the universe and attracts more of what you want when you're in that state of pure bliss. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's like, I can feel like the universe is like, she looks like she's having fun. I'm going to send it her way. (laughs) Some abundance and lots of pleasure. Like she's, she's ready for it. Like she wants it. She's open. She's created the environment to receive. Yeah. Right. Like we can want all we want, but if we haven't created the environment to receive what we want, it's not going to hold it. The universe knows what we can handle and what we can't handle. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the the universe is like, oh yeah, they're in it. So let's, let's give them some more. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So do you have time for one more question before the lightning round? Okay. So my last question is about how your job affects your relationships, because this is, um, I've been uh, studying Tantra and doing love, sex and relationship coaching for about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, I was just doing like intuitive work. So this is new for me. Uh, Mm. And yeah, yeah, I'm just curious, like how (laughs) it affects you. Because I know too, like, it's interesting. I've shared this a lot, but like, there's been numbers of relationships where I went into the relationship having some sort of suppression or trauma unhealed. And then through that growth, I was no, we were no longer compatible. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I'm just curious how it's affected your relationships. What, like, I'm so curious. Yeah. 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 Thank you for asking. It's, um, it's a great question. You know, I went through an uncoupling a few months ago, but there wasn't really any, um, direct relationship to the the work that I do per se that was going on in that relationship. But it's um, just with all people, whether they're interested in me romantically or sexually or or whatnot, you know, just people knowing that I'm an intimacy coach, I've been a dominatrix, I'm a sex expert, all of these sort of things. Immediately, there is a lot of uh, stuff that can be brought up for an individual that hears that. You know, because that again, um, we've been so divorced and separated from that part of ourselves for the most part that uh, it can bring up feelings for people. So I do get people that might feel an intimidation or feel like um, a vulnerability or an uncertainty um, in that interaction. So for me, it's really important to always never take anything personally, but to continue to be transparent, um, and, and shine my light as bright as possible. I'm not dimming my light for anybody. Yeah. Like, I don't care how fucking uncomfortable it makes you like, I'm mm-hmm. going to shine even brighter. Cause I want you to know that you can be this bright as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I do run into people that, uh, it can be really confronting, uh, dating me for some people who aren't maybe um, looking at that aspects of their lives. I'm usually not dating people who haven't looked at that aspect of their lives though. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, now that I'm um, not in a committed relationship, I'm exploring, this is exciting. I'm exploring um, ethical non-monogamy um, in a way that feels really good for me because I've only experienced monogamy mm-hmm. and I've always had a curiosity around, is this something that's really my truth or has this been my default because of my fears or because mm-hmm. of my programming? Mm-hmm. So now I'm, you know, trying out like some throuple relationships. I'm trying out, um, other sort of monogamish situations, um, that aren't committed. And, um, I'm just like in an exploratory state. Um, and I think being an intimacy coach and coming from my background, it's like, 
I just know that there's just so much to learn in this world. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to the erotic, there is no like glass ceiling, like it's unlimited. And there's just a part of me that really wants to continue to experience all that life has to offer and see and trust the process and see where it moves me and navigates me. And if eventually I get back into a monogamous relationship with someone, then that's fine. But I'm really interested in pushing my own edges. And, um, and as a person who steps into leadership a lot in the erotic spaces, I'm also really wanting to experience more of my surrender to Jade and experience my, my receptive feminine energy mm-hmm. as well. So I'm, I'm learning and I'm just in a space of, uh, always being curious and learning and just shining as brightly as I can. Yeah. So yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Mm, thank you for sharing. For sure. I'm excited. Yeah. Mm. So there's a few short questions I ask everyone yeah. who comes on the show. The first one is if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Yeah. I would tell her that you are enough. Mm. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you could have the whole world read one book, what would it be? The Body Keeps the Score by mm-hmm. Bessel van der Kolk. It's an so amazing good. book. Uh, you read it? Uh, I'm pretty sure Casey had the same answer. Uh, yeah. That yeah. book changed my life more than any other book. And, and I mean, I read it right when I was starting to work through my sexual trauma. And it just, oh. man, it, I mean, it's that and um, getting the love you want. Those two oh, changed my life and I've read them over and over and over. Yeah. So yeah. good. Okay. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? You are not alone and you don't have to do this alone. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Before we let you go, where can people find you online? Where can they sign up for this event now that you have yes. another It's so exciting. Yes. Find me at uh, my name right now. That's the website, KimmyInch.com. It's K-I-M-I-I-N-C-H.com. And you'll find there all the information about our in-person events called Something More. And then I have something called the Dom Mastery online course that's going to be launching in March of 2023, which is basically stepping into your erotic leadership in and out of the bedroom. And then we got lots of other goodies, online courses and in-person events happening. So just come find me at KimmyInch.com and uh, we'll point you in the right direction for your needs and your relationships. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I have like, I'm, um, I'm just so, I'm so thankful that I think, I think Bren is how I found you. And I'm just so thankful for her. So that, and, and for you and, and, um, Casey, because it's, man, it is not what I expected when it came to Mm. type of work, not what I expected at all. And, and so there was like this blowing open at your event of like, what, like you said, I mean, in this work, there's no glass ceiling, there's no ceiling, there's the, Mm. it's, the possibilities are endless. And I really tasted that from you. So I'm just so thankful for what you've opened me up to. Thank you so much, Jade. You know, I'll tell you a little secret. You know, I've loved the podcast you've been doing and what you bring into the world. And uh, maybe a year ago, I had written down on a piece of paper that um, you were one of the people that I wanted to meet and be on your show. Oh, I have it. I know it's going to happen. And then I met you at the South by Southwest event. And I was like, ah, it's already happening and here we are. So thank you universe. And thank you, Jade, for allowing me to speak my life's passion to your audience. Cause this work means everything to me. And it just means a lot to be able to get my message out to others. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Yeah. True story. Thank well, you. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.
All right. Oh, man, I don't know if she was what y'all expected, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, or in the past, I would feel like talking to someone in that field would feel intimidating or like, I don't know, really serious or like, just really like, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what to even call it, but it is, she just blows like all of those expectations, all of those like limiting beliefs out of the water for me. And I just am so thankful for her because it feels lighthearted. It feels expansive. It feels exciting. And it feels like, like, I mean, I don't want to say clean because that's not the word I'm looking for, but it's like that, like, like, um, oh, I can do this. Like, I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking of is like, it's held in a container that feels really safe and nurturing and, um, and healing. And that's what it feels like, which is like, I think in the past I may have assumed it would feel the opposite. So I'm just so freaking thankful for her because it, it is sometimes the opposite. And so I just love what she's created. And I really look forward to the day that this is not so taboo and where it's not, it's not so shamed and shunned because God, what beauty there is in this. All right. So I'll thank the affiliates. Um, this maybe a month ago I had on Dominic Cortusio about emotional foreplay, how to get your man to open up to you. Highly recommend that episode. Y'all it's still my most number one, most downloaded episode. And he has got a, um, a masterclass Masterclass is typically you're like around $200 with this promo code Jade, you get it for 25 bucks, y'all. That's like unheard of with a masterclass. So it's code Jade. The link is in the show notes. Just you'll, um, if you're looking at the page right now at the podcast page with the image, you'll like scroll up and you'll see all the notes. His link will be the first one. The second link is Gene Keys. If you use that link, it'll send you to the dream arc, which is how to use dreams as messengers. But if you use that link to go to any of the Gene Keys courses, I will get a small cut. And that is a way you can support the show. And it is like an internal GPS. Richard Rudd is freaking amazing. He's another person I've had on that was an amazing interview. One of my favorites. He's like grandfather Wachuma in a body. I love him so much. He is just a breath of fresh air. And then the products, best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Code Jade gets you 15% off. My favorite is the suction toy, the Air, A-E-R. And I like to pair it with my pleasure wand or my yoni egg. I talked about um, in the show, I talked about how I did sex magic all morning. What I did was I put in my yoni egg. I spoke my intentions into my yoni egg, which you can get at wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Code Jade for a discount. So I spoke my intentions into my yoni egg. You can do this with your cervical wand too. I put the yoni egg in um, and I moved those intentions up my chakra system. This is something I teach my clients. This is something we'll do in my women's program that's coming out in February. As it starts in February, you can DM me or send me an email if you want to get on um, in into that program. But I'll move that up my energy, uh, my energy system, my microcosmic orbit. And uh, when it is time for me to climax at my crown chakra, I will then use my clit sucker to, um, it's not always actually needed to get me there because I'm typically can just orgasm on command through using my energy and my breath work. 
but I love to use my clit sucker when I get to that point. And then I move the energy back down. I spend some more time there, have some more orgasms if I'd like. I bring out the yoni egg. I think the yoni egg, I hold it. And um, yeah, there's so much more I can say on that, but this is a tiny little, a tiny little um, in, info piece. And then higher dose infrared products code Jade75 for $75 off. You know what I was thinking the other day when I was in a sauna and I was like, fuck, this is so hot. I feel like it's ruining my hair. And I thought, I just want to go home and get in my sauna blanket because my hair is outside of the heat. And so I didn't even think about that in the past, how like it's such a benefit to having a sauna blanket is that your hair is not receiving damage. So that's higher dose, all things infrared and code Jade75 gets you $75 off. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.